0: Welcome to the Reputation Capital Podcast. I am Dr. Baker, Dr. Baker, Dr. Um, Hold on.
1: I am not Dr. Baker. I'm just plain old ordinary garden variety Randy Baker. And I'm no swatsuk, And we travel to Bangalore, Bangalore, India.
0: Yeah, this was a, this was quite a, you know, like, like Santa Claus, we had to, you know, getting our uh, metaphorical, sl- well, maybe it's a real sleigh, and kind of shoot across the universe through a little electronic conduit.
1: Yeah, we tra- so our voices seem to travel at the speed of something, speed of light almost, because there was almost no delay. Wait,
0: so like our voices, the-, the sound of our voices traveled at the speed of light, almost.
1: like that? Yeah, almost. But anyway, today we talked to Dr. Karthik Nagendra, Nagendra Najendra. I'm not sure. My pronunciation is really bad. But Dr. Karthik, a really interesting guy. He knows everything there is to know about thought leadership. That's right.
0: And I think what I find most fascinating is that thought leadership is sort of nascent still uh, in India. And just that that fact makes it really interesting to listen to and understand and think about
1: his business model. So, in this discussion we talk about everything starting with warlords and ending up with smart countries. So, if you want to find out the connection between the two, listen to this interview.
0: Hello, Dr. Karthik. Um, am I pronouncing that
2: correctly? That's absolutely right. Karthik. Karthik. Yes. Okay. Very nice. Now, what does that mean? It's its name of an Hindu god. So he's the son of Shiva. So among the Trinity, we have the god of destruction, which is called Shiva. And uh, Karthik is the son of Shiva. So that's the name. Interesting. He's, he was also a warlord. Okay. And, and any
0: any character traits attributed to Karthik in particular?
2: It would be more of the leadership uh, because like I said, Karthik, uh, Karthikeya is the full name. Uh, and he was a warlord, so there was a lot of leadership uh, traits. So I think probably thought leadership comes from there. So I was going to say
0: before you before you said that last bit, I was going to say, well, um, listeners, uh, if since you can't see, Dr. Karthik, um, he's standing here with a, a great mighty sword, and he, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But so, what is the difference between, let's say, a you know, a, a warlord wielding leadership, right? and
2: thought leadership, what's the difference? So uh, I think uh, there are a lot of commonalities in fact, uh, right? So right from a strategy that you have and the end goal that you want to reach. uh, And there are different methods that you would probably take it forward uh, to to achieve that end goal. Uh, So understanding your strengths, understanding your weaknesses, uh, understanding uh, where to leverage what strategy and then stitching it all together Eventually, to reach that end goal. So, in fact, I would see a lot of similarities on that front. Obviously, on the war front, it's it's more of the actual physical fighting, uh, whereas here it's more of capturing the mental uh, space or the mind share, as you call it.
0: So we we mistakenly asked you to be on our show we were hoping uh, to have a warrior uh, who was actually <laughs> I'm kidding <laughs> actually Randy's Randy's been in that space a little bit more wow. so
1: I should toss to him I'm kind of interested uh, Dr. Karthik your, your journey to doing what you're doing now so you're in the you're in corporates in the big consulting space yep. um, Accenture yep. and a few others Yeah, to survive in those be consulting practices you do have to be a warrior you do have to be a leader yeah i had 10 years in kpmg Mm -hmm. i I get that space very well and now you're doing your own thing so what was the journey what happened to to move you
2: there that's that's a very interesting question randy in fact the entire journey i think uh, was was on the choices that i made so right out of college uh, after my mba Uh, My job was actually of uh, corporate sales with a multinational bank. That was my campus placement, but you know somewhere deep inside that didn't excite me as much. So I wanted to try something else and at that point of time there was this organization called Meritrack, which was a startup in India. It was India's first skill assessment company. So they were trying to bring in assessments into the entire recruitment process back then. Uh, where in India, large-scale recruitments were happening both from the IT and BPO uh, space. And, uh, you know, HR managers were grappling for getting quality talent uh, and these guys were providing those uh, services. So that space really interested me and I was part of the initial founding team there. And uh, that's where, you know, my entire uh, baby steps into uh, thought leadership began uh, because we published India's first engineering talent pool report Uh, which for the very first time quantified the quality of employable engineering graduates in India. Uh, And after we rolled out that report, the kind of buzz it generated and the kind of reputation capital that was built for the organization really kind of intrigued me saying, you know what, this is an interesting space and I need to probably uh, focus a lot more on this and build my career in that. And subsequently in Wipro and then at Accenture, it's always been about building thought leadership, how do we uh, create programs for that? How do we come up with cutting-edge research around that? So while doing all these things, I somewhere realized that, uh, you know, especially from an Indian context, that a lot of companies actually need uh, this kind of a service, and they still don't understand how it actually works. So they just believe that I write a couple of blogs, and I've become a thought leader. It It is not just that. Uh, right, so so that's where I thought, having spent in the corporate space about 15 plus years, I realized that it was time to take this service to other companies as well, and that's where you know the shift from working at the MNC uh, organizations to uh, running my own consulting practice happened. So it was that choice which I made from not going into a typical corporate sales job. With a good bank, with a good salary, and choosing uh, to work with a startup, which was in the knowledge-intensive space, and then building my career thereon.
1: So, working in the in the startup space, uh, Dr. Karthik is is a very interesting place to be yeah. because a typical startup gets money from friends, family, fools yeah. the first round, then they do a seed round, then they'll do. Yeah, you know, some sort of series A, B, C yep. type round, to yep. get enough funding to get enough traction to get their product to market. True. And the founders and the executives in those startup companies are rushing from I got a check from an investor, now I have to reach a particular yep. milestone yep. so that I can get the next check. And they don't have time hmm. or don't have mind share. To think about their reputation, to think about their thought leadership, to think about all the things that will create the the longer term credibility that they as individuals need to have to yep. support their product as it goes on. Yeah. How do you break through that that rush to product, that rush to client thinking, mm-hmm. so that
2: they take time
1: to develop their own personal authority?
2: True. That's 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 very right, Randy. In fact. Uh I think the key for any organization to move that journey of adopting thought leadership actually would begin from the leadership level. Uh, so it's, it's very clear the CEO or the C-suite in the organization, what's been their background. Do they come from organizations which have a consultative selling route or was it a very transactional cold calling kind of a route. And that's where I believe that it's it's important to choose who do you want to work with as well. So in our firm also, we've been very choosy in the kind of clients that we have worked with. So we have an initial discovery session with the client to understand, and especially this is with their C-suite. And, and like you rightly said, for startups, uh, we talk to them to understand what's the vision for the CEO. Do they have a buy-in for uh, investing in thought leadership and building that long-term capital? And if we see that there is no chemistry there, we don't engage uh with, with those kind of clients. Because end of the day, you you get into it and you put in all the hard work. And like you said, you know, midway they say, you know what, let's let's pull this back. Can we quickly get some leads into the pipeline? That's what's needed because it doesn't work that way. Thought leadership doesn't get built overnight.
0: So if I were to analyze you and I wanted to hire you or something, right? So I want I wanted to build up my thought leadership. I'm going to look at your resume, which which is apparent, right? So I, I look at it, I see all kinds of things. From my side of the shop, the first thing I try to do is get to the heart of who you are. Mm. So I'm curious to hear kind of you already uh, started out by telling us the background of your name. Mm. Where do you kind of come from? What is your um origin story, as it were?
2: so So my origin story, in fact, uh, incidentally my my dad was also into marketing. So probably that's where the entire marketing bug <laughs> kind of bit uh, me, I would say. But uh, I am definitely a first-generation entrepreneur in my family. In that way, I'm the black sheep, uh, if you were to call. Typically in India and especially in South India that I come from, Bangalore, uh, you would have heard about Bangalore, the, the Silicon Valley of India, as they say. You know, most of them get into engineering. So so that's like by default the stream that you need to choose but for me it was always about you know doing something different and not following the traditional path uh, so that's been with respect to the choices i've made uh, with respect to education or the kind of companies that i've worked and finally to deciding to being an entrepreneur uh, so i i think black sheep is what i would call myself
0: and so as a is it is that what our, your mother would have told us when you were five, six, seven years old? Oh, that's my black sheep. Absolutely. There. I think you, you were already different. Absolutely.
2: Uh, it, it would it would depend even from the kind of cycle that I would probably use. Everybody else had a brand of cycle and I would choose something which not which was not being used by my other friends. So it, okay, it now started. You have to tell from us there. about your your bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of bike did you have? <laughs> so the bike was definitely the two two wheeler bike, but I'm I'm talking more with respect to the brand. I would not go with the most popular brand that everybody would be having. And I would actually choose something Hmm. which is different, even when it came to mobile phones. So back then, Nokia was something which everybody would fancy and, and have those little yeah, ones the right? little ones back then <laughs> right and uh, i would probably go for a sony ericsson at that point of time so on the table everyone would be having a nokia phone and i would have a sony ericsson different phone and everybody were like well which phone is that <laughs> so probably i wanted to be in the limelight always right it's a big different
1: i actually love that the, the sony ericsson just reminded me i i had the same thing everybody had no Nokias, and then everybody had the flip phones. Yes. And I still had my Ericsson brick that <laughs> would sit on the table. Everybody would laugh at it, but it was perfect for me.
2: Interesting, interesting.
0: So what makes
1: uh, the work
0: you do interesting in India versus within the international community? So so we've spoken to a lot of folks uh, within India who are thought leaders you know, in different spaces, and we, we've heard different things from them about You know, obviously, the the, the country has had trouble like many countries this year. Goodness, right? But also, it's advancing quickly. There's cell towers everywhere. There's so much technology just bursting. What's what's your relationship of your business to India and kind of to the rest of the world?
2: Okay. Uh, So from India, in fact, very uh, interestingly, thought leadership as a function itself, if you look at a lot of the corporate entities, don't have something built that way within their organization in fact even some of the uh, you know mid-sized IT firms if you look at they've just started their journey on that so there is still no structured approach to building thought leadership and creating those programs and uh, building that long-term reputation for clients so uh, that's that gives a unique opportunity for me having done work in that space to help companies uh, set that up and move forward with the context of working with international uh, partners so that's where I think my, my stints at Wipro and Accenture also gave me an opportunity to collaborate with a lot of Ivy League universities globally. Uh, so uh, one of the charter which I had was to collaborate with the likes of Stanford, Wharton, and and try to come up with interesting thought leadership programs that the Indian brands could then piggy bank on and, and kind of move into the next league of, of being thought leaders. So I think the opportunity which presents in India uh, to to set this up and the network of having worked with, uh, you know, reputed universities, analyst firms, et cetera, globally, and combining both of them is what gives me a unique opportunity.
1: Where do you see India going in the next five to 10 years? Clearly, in the last 10 years, it's been all engineering, all you know. I'm presuming SaaS-type companies, yes. um, that's, all, that's what I tend to see. Where's the direction going? Is it going to become a smart country or is it going to become a, a manufacturing giant, mm-hmm. for want of a better word?
2: Yeah. So I would see it becoming a smart country itself. So there's been a lot of focus on manufacturing from a Make in India standpoint but I still see a lot of traction which is happening on the SaaS-based and, you know, the software in the AI space. There's also, interestingly, uh, you know, work happening in the health tech, -tech, agri-tech space as well. So that's also an area where I see a lot of innovation happening. And one unique aspect about India is, you know, I think we've kind of leapfrogged many cycles of evolution as well. So, So typically, if I were to take Uh, digital payments, Uh, in fact, a lot of countries would have had cards first and then moved into, you know, the UPIs and the digital wallets, whereas in India, uh, the adoption of debit cards or credit cards itself is still lesser vis-a-vis digital wallet payments, and even a street vendor who is selling flowers or vegetables has a QR code, and you can make digital payment to him, and his account is linked to a bank. So I, I think there are going to be stages where we will leapfrog uh, multi-stages of evolution and reach uh, forward. So I definitely uh, see India being more of a smart country rather than a manufacturing giant.
0: Love that that last statement, a beautiful summary of what the future looks like potentially. Yeah. yeah I love that. It's also an optimistic uh, view in a time that's been really difficult. So Really neat to speak with you. So we like to keep these interviews short. It's been wide ranging and great. And to kind of close us down, where can people find you? And uh, who are you looking for to connect with you?
2: Yeah, so people can find me on LinkedIn at Dr. Karthik Nagendra. People can find my book on Amazon. Uh, It's called The Thought Leader Way. It's, It's even available in the US and the UK. Karthik Nagendra is my Twitter handle. And I'm looking to connect with you know, potential partners that I can look at uh, who have services which they could offer to Indian companies here vis-a-vis you know, any, any clients from here who want to tap into the markets overseas as well. So I think that way I could act as a connector between the two.
0: Brilliant. Love that. And um, I heard there was... Uh a taxi outside honking his horn saying, come on out, we're ready to pick you up. I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, thank you so much for chatting with us. Thank um, you. It's been fun. Uh, love your sense of humor. Love the Really calm sensibility with which you look towards the future.
2: Thank, thank you, both of you, for for this opportunity. I definitely loved having this conversation on very topics, right from warlords to you know smart countries. So so I've never had this kind of conversation. I definitely loved it. Thank you once again for the opportunity. Well, thank you, Dr. Karthik. It is
1: always so enjoyable to talk to somebody who can envision a solid future for their country and a future as a smart country is certainly very appealing for India and then your discussion about warlords and warriors and the connection between that and what you're doing now fascinating stuff thank you
0: yeah I loved the as a as a black sheep uh, Randy's a black sheep too we're, we're a couple of black sheep. It's a term, black sheep. So do you say black two black sheep, or do you say two black sheep?
1: Well, well, sheep is singular and plural.
0: Feeling black sheepish right now. And as a couple of black sheep <laughs> we really like, Dr. Karthik, your black sheepness. And the amazing thing about it is if you are a little bit on the outside, you've got a little bit of humor, you've got a little bit of analysis, a little strategy, a little tongue in cheek, you're able to see things from a different perspective. So it was really refreshing to hear your view of the future and where things are going. And um, if folks like Black Sheeps, come on to our website, blacksheepstrategy.org. That might be an actual
1: company. I should be careful. I think we just gave away the farm there. (laughs) So I, I, no, seriously, folks, If you're still listening and haven't got turned off by dr kent's very bad jokes we don't have a website blacksheepstrategy.org but i think we might go out and buy it right now but you can go to our website thoughtpartnergroup.com and there's a free assessment top right hand corner you can click on that button spend a couple of minutes answering half a dozen questions we'll spend a couple of minutes and we'll send some nonsense back to you speaking of nonsense Coming soon, crazymba.com. Yeah, keep your eyes open for it.